For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. And Happy New Year. Come on inside the College Football Film Room. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined as always by veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. There is one more game to be played, Chris. The College Football Playoff National Championship game. But coaching news trumping everything right now as we get into this second week of January. Yeah, it really is. You know, we could see it coming, and it was looking pretty obvious for some time. It really going back two or three years, but definitely it caught a lot of steam. And, you know, I think we – I know we talked about it, that the likelihood of Matt Rule being back at Baylor this year, next year, was going to be very slim. But you never know how some of the, the situations play out. Um, but as it uh, as it were, um, he got a great offer in Carolina. And cheap plug here. You know, we a lot of it broke on, on Tuesday. But for those that are members of LaundryFootball.com in our notebook, on Monday night, we we before you went to bed, you had an idea of what was happening, as and we kind of documented in, and I just mentioned it that it was a really good job by Dave Tepper, the owner, the new owner of the Panthers, relatively new owner, got and not only put a hellacious, lengthy, and lucrative deal together for Matt Rule, which is double his salary, which that's always good, but they were very symbiotic in terms of. Um, some of Matt's beliefs on nutrition and the scientific end to the game. That is definitely much how David Tepper kind of sees things on his end. So it was a great fit and certainly one in which um, they didn't want him to leave and go to the interview with the Giants. They they wanted to wrap up a deal. He understood that these college coaches are making a lot of money and uh, pay what you want, you need to give it. And he had the seven-year deal at Baylor. And he got that because, you know, the mess he took over. But he was in a situation where he wasn't just going to leave unless it, unless it was something that he was really good. And they made it really good. So that's where it really went. You're well aware, and I know there's a little bit of spin going on, and I get it. The Schefter, Mortensen guys, they'll put a little spin. Let's just call it like it is. That was the Giants' number one choice. Yep. They really like Joe Judge a lot. And I don't know if they would have been willing to go the same price that David Tepper did. Nor would they be in a position to maybe give him as much control because Dave Gettleman's still there. And while Marty Herney will be there, he's not a real strong football guy. And Matt's going to be able to have a lot of say-so in the front office structure and the, the running of the football operations. But the way it went down, and we documented on LandryFootball.com Monday night, the Giants got work because I got it. I know they got it as well. And talking to him that 
they were they had gone far enough, and you do this pretty frequently, to investigate Joe Judge and begin to to negotiate a deal with them because once it looked like Matt Rule wasn't going to leave Carolina to come for the interview, they jumped on Joe Judge. So it wasn't like, you know, that was clearly a guy that they liked. In the end, if they had met with Matt Rule and Matt put his demand down, they might have said no and gone with Joe Judge. But they went in with the idea that Matt Rule was the guy that they ideally wanted and Joe Judge was the guy that they liked. Um, so Joe Judge, a Mississippi State grad, was definitely in play for that job. And so Mississippi State is still looking and obviously, you know, Joe ended up getting the job with the Giants. So where it looks right now, here's what I'm hearing, Scott, on, on some of the intriguing things. For Baylor, they love Matt Rule. They would have loved for him to stay forever. But as I mentioned, two years ago, the Colts made a run. Last year, the Jets, and they didn't give him enough control. It was coming. It was coming. They would ideally love to find a guy that – I don't know if they can get another Matt rule, but get somebody like that. That's a really good coach. But if they could get that guy and he also would happen to be someone that has ties to Texas, which Matt did not, then may be more inclined to stay. They'd love that. So, you know, a Sonny Dykes makes a lot of sense from SMU and Sonny grew up in West Texas with um, his dad coach at, uh, at Texas tech for all those years, Spike Dykes. Keep an eye out on that. Um, I know Billy Napier, the Louisiana Lafayette coach, they played in the bowl game last night to wrap up the bowl season, the last game before the national championship game, of course. Josh Heupel, uh, his name has been Blake Anderson of Arkansas. Those are some names that have been mentioned. Uh, for Mississippi State, there's a lot of movement on Todd Granham, who's the defense coordinator of Florida. He's a former assistant at Mississippi State. It's been talk about Jeff Munkin and Troy Calhoun and Steve Sarkeesian and even Butch Jones. Scott, for the life of me, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I'd be camped out in Birmingham, Alabama, making Bill Clark tell me no. I think that'd be a great hire for them. Um, but apparently that's not the direction they're going to go. They had interest in Billy Napier. Billy Napier doesn't appear interested. Maybe they make another run. But they are I wouldn't say they're reeling. They made the late move on Joe Moorhead. But, man, they could hit a home run, in my opinion, if they go get Bill Clark. Todd Grandin's a little bit of a risk. And I don't think Troy Calhoun or Jeff Munkin are going to take it. Although the right amount of money could, could – I don't think Steve Sarkeesian would take it either. I know Butch Jones would take it, but I don't think that's a really good fit for them either. So, I don't know. It's interesting. So, that's the latest on the two coaching openings right now. Guys, let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We each need eight hours of sleep. I know sometimes when I don't get a full eight hours of sleep, I just don't operate like my best self the next day. So one of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. It's tough to get to sleep if you're too hot. So I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts 
adjust the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. For the next week, get $200 off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of $500. That's an insane deal. Only at 8sleep.com slash pro. That's 8sleep.com slash pro. Uh, what about this name for, for Baylor, Chris? Uh, Brian Harson, who's done a nice job at Boise State. Obviously, um, that's his alma mater, so it would be tough for him to leave. But he did have some time on Mac Brown's staff uh, in Texas. Is, is, is that a guy that could be in the running? Well, I think it'd be great if Baylor would get him. I think he'd he'd be a great fit. I don't know his level of interest, if if he'd be willing to do it or not. Uh, But they do have a lot of money, and uh, they do have a really good setup. And, again, we've just talked about the great job that Matt's done. Uh, Man, listen, I think Brian would be at the top of my list, but I haven't really heard his name associated with it. Okay. Um, So I – I, but that doesn't mean he's not a candidate. I I just – Maybe this, uh, my sense is that he's not willing to make that move, but well, that'd be a great get for him if they could get it. I think you, you, you hit something there that uh, I think of the guys that I mentioned, I think Brian's at the top of the list. Yeah. He's a tremendous coach. Uh, before we get into the national championship game, I really want to talk about something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast and I've brought it to my radio shows as well. It's the idea that we need to change the way that the college football playoff is done. It has nothing to do with choosing the right four teams or the right two teams. It's about the death of the bowl system as we know it, Chris. Uh, With the advent of the college football playoff, there is less and less interest on the rest of bowl season. And while some of the players and the teams and the coaches may enjoy playing in these games, TV ratings, besides the Rose Bowl, which always does a good number, they're down. They were down last year. They're down again this year. And so outside of the college football playoff, the national championship game, and the Rose Bowl game, every other bowl game is down, especially the New Year's Six. And and we, we talked about it last week. The New Year's New Year's Day used to be the biggest day in college football. It's just not anymore because of the college football playoff. I've been all in on your idea. Uh, I've taken it. I've tweaked it. I've talked about it at length, ad nauseum. They need to make the bowl season matter again, make New Year's Day matter again, and select the college football playoff after the bowl games are played. And you don't even have to select four teams. You can even select just the top two teams. But what it does is it, allows the bowls to mean something. You already have the national championship game being played 13 days after New Year's Day. So it's not about needing more time or extending the season an extra week. The season's already going till January 13th. So why can't you pick the two teams on January 2nd that are going to play on January 13th? I see no problem with that. It also eliminates teams that don't belong like in Oklahoma who gets blown out the past three years going into the national semifinal. If we saw them get blown out in the sugar bowl, well, guess what? You're not picking them to be in the college football playoff. It it just makes too much sense for on so many different levels, Chris, but it's a real growing problem 
the decline in interest and the decline in TV ratings for these bowl games. There's 40 bowl games. And besides the college bowl playoff and the national championship game, and like I mentioned, the Rose Bowl game, no one gives a hoot about the rest of them. Preach, brother, preach. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. Um, and look, I, I watched all the games. Um, and, and there were some games I, I, I really liked them. And let me say this. I, I do think, I mean, I think the games mean a lot to the people involved. I mean, I don't know that I saw anybody more excited after the bowl win than Kentucky beating Virginia Tech. I, I don't. I, I mean, it was about – I don't see anybody more emotional than Iowa and they're, you know, the, yeah. the way they're able to dominate USC. I, I, I see it. It's big. It's meaningful to, to a lot of those teams, but there's nobody in the stadium. Uh, you mentioned, and I haven't really seen it, uh, but you've mentioned to me that the TV ratings are down and I can tell you that while I watched them all, I'm a different breed. there doing that. I, there was no buzz with, other people, people that even doing shows. No, I mean, I don't think anybody's had a really good memory of, man, the Cotton Bowl this year or the Orange Bowl this year. And the Orange Bowl actually ended up being better than I thought it would be. It still doesn't resonate, Virginia and Florida. It just didn't. I mean, some of the games that were a little bit – Auburn, Minnesota was good, and Indiana, Tennessee was pretty good. I mean, it, but nothing – you're right – in terms of the, you know, memorable moments in the bowls, I don't think many people have many good memories. And this is what was talked about when we went to the playoff system, that when we took the quote-unquote bowl games that were the semifinals, they mattered and everything else was not important. Now, look, bowl games started a long time ago, Scott, as exhibitions. Meaning, I mean, they literally, literally picked the national champion before the bowl games because the bowl games were exhibitions. It was something you did after the season. Then they incorporated, and we grew into where you took the bowls and we we that's we determined the national champions champions after the bowl games. So it's changed over the years, and it's changing again. So I don't know that it's maybe all that surprising. In fact, it's very predictable. You take the two. You take two bowl games in the rotation and say Peach Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, you got the semifinals. What do you think the other games are going to be? They're not going to be as good. Even if they're good, even if they look good, it it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of the cashier value. Who's What is it going to mean for the ranking, this or that? And then it, maybe you have a really – I mean – I thought Indiana, Tennessee the, the other night, Thursday night after, you know, uh, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, New Year's Day night. Um, it was good. But again, was it good? Is it, it, it was important for those two teams. I get it. And it is, but it, as you put, it could be a whole lot better. Now, Indiana, Tennessee would not have had any relevance towards who could make it into the playoffs or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but. Some of the top games, the major games, the what I would call the true New Year's Day games could be really meaningful. And what you've talked about, what I've talked about is if you had that metric to be able to put the best teams in the best bowl games and then you pick them after the bowls, 
then those games would be more meaningful because how you impress, how you look, how you perform could make a difference along with some help with some other teams. Man, it's just, it's, it's like the bowls used to be in some regard, but better in that. Yeah. You, you sit there in the old days, you'd have, you watch the Rose bowl and the cotton bowl and the sugar bowl. And they all had national championship implications because whoever won the game and whoever looked the best, you know, and, and you put the three, four bowl games and all of a sudden you, you picked who went one now, instead of picking in a, an AP or in the old days, UPI, you could pick, as you say, the two of the four, the day after new year's and let's have new year's day to have new year's day bowl games. The yep. Rose Bowl, I'm great that they keep their spot. They never want to remove their spot by a second, by a minute off of what they do. And it shouldn't. But we could put the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and maybe even the Fiesta Bowl around the Rose Bowl, make New Year's Day an extravaganza. And though all those games would be meaningful, it would be like we've seen in the NFL playoff past couple. I mean, you win. You know, you win and you're 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 losing. You're out in the NFL playoffs, but in this case, you win. You get a little help. You might be selected. You might knock yourself out. You you don't know what it would be. Another metric that would be to me not in any way take away from the regular season because you still gotta earn your way into one of these bowl games by winning your conference or being one of the best teams in the country that's not in the conference and then pick the teams after the bowl games. It just makes too much sense. But there is not even, other than you and I talking about it, ain't nobody else even nope. <laughs> talked about it anywhere. So what we're going to see, and imagine this, if we go to eight, then what it's going to mean is less and less bowl games are going to matter. So I don't know how they would essentially just add two more bowl games and say, you know, it, and it would be bid upon. So you'd have a peach fiesta, you know, rose and sugar, cotton and orange. And, you know, you'd rotate and maybe, I guess, two of those, you know, six would be rotated out every so often. And it, but the, the, now you'd have, maybe those bowl games might matter. You know, in other words, meaning you would take the playoffs and by what they're going to do is do the opposite of what we're talking about is they're going to say, we're going to take more bowl, take two more bowl games in addition to the two that we have now, add two more teams to it. And then the games may stink because even the semifinal games before we seeming to have one stink a game every year, yep. but they're going to, they're going to back it up and do it that way. But what it's going to mean is the, it's going to give more bowl games that will have more meaning when they do it that way, because more games going to be involved in the playoffs, but the bowl games outside of the playoffs are not going to have a lot of national cachet. It will have a local feel to the schools involved, but man, is the attendance embarrassing. I mean, it is just, there's nothing. I mean, you can hear echoes watching that game. Guys, it's 2020 and you know what it means? New year, new me, new balls. Men, listen up. 
Hairy bushes are so 2019. If you're going to pick any New Year's resolution this year, let it be to take care of your junk. And Manscaped is making it easy with all of their grooming products. Look, I personally used the Lawnmower 2.0, and the best thing about it is its proprietary skin-safe technology, so it doesn't nick or snag your nuts because I've used trimmers before that have cut me. And trust me, guys, you don't want to get cut down there. It stinks. Another thing is, you don't want to use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. I got a buzzer for my beard, and I got a buzzer for my junk. It's as simple as that. And Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, because you already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body, even though mine don't smell? Well, probably because I use the Crop Preserver. Anyway, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE at manscaped.com. That's the code B-L-E-A-V at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Start the new year off right by using the best tools for the job. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com if you use the promo code BLEAV. Well, let's get to the biggest game of them all, and that is the college football playoff national championship game. It will be on Monday evening uh, in New Orleans, and that is going to be Clemson, the defending national champs, taking on the number one team in the nation, LSU. Uh, how much of an advantage does LSU get by having the national championship game in New Orleans? Well, I think it it has a lot. I mean, I think certainly just from the pure football standpoint, it's going to be loud. Um, Clemson fans travel. I don't know how many hands, how many hands, uh, they, how many tickets they're going to get their hands on. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, they may, they may bring more people than you might expect. So I don't know the layout. It's going to be loud. It's going to be difficult to hear, you know, like a, it'll be like a home game. That stadium is noisy for those that have followed in Saints games who wasn't real loud last week, but <laughs> Saints games, you know, can get really loud and it's, it's hard to function. So being able to deal with communications, all things that may be a little bit different in a noisy indoor stadium, which um, Clemson doesn't really, really, have to deal with outside of the carrier dome, which is nowhere near as loud. So that's an issue. Uh, it, it, it has been duly noted that last time LSU put now LSU played in the national championship game, every one of the national championships that LSU played that at LSU's won, every single national championship LSU's won has been won in New Orleans yep. at the Sugar Bowl. Uh, obviously, Les Miles beating Ohio State, Nick Saban beating Oklahoma in 2003. And people may not remember this, but in 1958, LSU won in the Sugar Bowl. That game was in the old Tulane Stadium. And who did they beat for the national championship that year? Clemson, ironically. <laughs> so so they, they, they've won it now. They played Alabama for the national championship in the BCS day. Yes. In the Superdome and lost that, so it hasn't. Not every time they played for a national championship, they've won. That's the only one that they've lost. All the others, they did win. So look, it's got that. It's certainly a huge advantage. Uh, I think it's big. 
But I got to tell you, uh, I mean, I think the matchup comes down to when I broke down the tape, I, I saw some – I think Clemson's going to have to play better. I thought Ohio State outplayed him at the line of scrimmage. Oh, Ohio, Ohio State should have won that game. If the receiver runs his route, Justin's field, Justin Fields made the correct read on that. That's a touchdown. I don't know well, why the receiver broke out to go to the left, but he had the touchdown. Ohio State should have won the game. Well, he, what, what happened was he, he saw – Justin Fields moving. He thought Justin Justin Fields was scrambling. So he was trying to extend the route and break it to give him more time to get it out there. But, you know, obviously, you know, the, he wasn't he wasn't extending. He wasn't moving. He was throwing that route. So that miscommunication. But, you know, besides that, Ohio State left plays on the field. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and Ohio State could have put it away. I, I, I think that if that happens again, this way, I don't think LSU's gonna their LSU's offense is gonna leave plays on the field, particularly in the passing game Agreed. against Ohio State. So uh, against uh, Clemson, because uh, I think this is gonna be a challenge for him. I think Clemson secondary is good, but I think LSU's got some advantages um, with their big receivers. Now, I do think that Clemson, by comparison, just comparatively speaking to Ohio State, as we break it down. I do think that Clemson has more weapons in the passing game, and can are you, maybe match- are you are you including like Travis Etienne in that? Well, is, no, I'm, is I'm, that I'm, why? I'm, I'm talking to the about the receivers right so now. So just strictly it's, the receivers, okay? Comparing the receivers, say to an Ohio State, you know, which is a little bit different. Look, Clemson can match maybe match points with LSU. Now, I do think the receivers for Clemson and the deep, the corners at LSU are a really good matchup. Now, Clemson has been talking a little bit. They think they've got some real matchup advantages. They don't think Grant Delpit could cover. Um, they think Stevens is stiff and they can throw on him. So there's a little bit of trash talk in there. But they've got, from a passing standpoint, a much better chance than, say, Ohio State would have to be able to throw the football. Again, Ohio State left plays on the field. I think Clemson is, is a really good offense, but they're going to have to click. Now, Travis ATN, big factor. Louisiana boy, going to be coming back home to some degree himself. Um, he has to have a big game. I think they're going to have to be able to run the football well. I think maybe reducing some possessions would certainly help Clemson's cause. But, um, you know, I, I do think there's some advantages. And I got to tell you, I, the consistency of Joe Burrow has been more impressive than uh, Trevor Lawrence, quite mm-hmm. frankly, that doesn't mean in a one game scenario. And I would not count out Trevor Lawrence. He put that team on his back against Ohio State. And while we can talk about Ohio State not finishing, we can talk about Ohio State leaving plays on the field. Clemson knows how to win. They've been there, and Trevor Lawrence hadn't lost since high school. So they 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 they've been able to handle these moments and. It's probably the best matchup in retrospect, even though I thought Ohio State was a little bit better at the line of scrimmage. I think Clemson can match points. is a chance to be a really good offensive performance. Something I want to mention to you, though, is I don't think it's going to be a big factor, but, you know, this game originally was supposed to be this past Monday, but but it's it's a 16-day layoff, mainly because there's something else going on. Don't ask me what it is. Maybe I should know, but there's some sort of convention going on in New Orleans. So they – Again, it's another more of an embarrassment of, you know, they had to put the game off another week. So it's yeah. obviously this coming Monday. But 16-day layoff, 
more time to prepare. Ellis's not as a, you know, they, they've experienced, but they've never been in the playoffs in the final game. So the travels less, they're going to get on a bus. I mean, it's only, it's only 70 miles. Yeah. You know, 75, 70 miles from Baton Rouge. So they, they're not even bother to get on a plane. You, you can't even get the plane up. You just, you know, you just, you, you get there almost as quick with a bus. So it's an easy trip for LSU. Clemson's been in all these playoffs. Uh, but I got to tell you, the film tells me LSU is the best, better looking team of the two right now. And I don't know if they're going to be the better team in the dome Monday night, but they look the better. The, they look like they got more answers on film. And I'm not talking about how they did against Oklahoma. I'm talking about how they did against some pretty good defenses this year, mainly Florida, Auburn, and Georgia. We'll get back into the podcast in just a second, but first let me tell you about my bookie. Christmas is coming gone, guys, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? I bet you have a feeling, so head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all, from the NBA to the Premier League. That's right, I said Premier League, not Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you've got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come out, then you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra 1000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. So what does Clemson's defense have to do in order to slow down this high-powered LSU offense? Well, I think the real key is going to be the game plan that Brent Venables puts together. I think that you've got to mix up your pressures, your blitz package. You know, last year, they had a great game plan against Tua and Alabama, if you remember. Uh-huh. They bait, got, got the big pick six early, you remember, but – they got home with four and five man pressures with that big war daddy defensive line. Can they get as many four and five man pressures this year? That's going to be key. I think they're going to come after them a little bit because LSU will send multiple guys out on routes. They rarely have more than five man protections. So I think they're going to come after Burrow. And I think they're, they're going to come after them wide and try to keep them in the pocket and eliminate the escape lanes. We've seen Burrow get outside, scoot, and we, you know, those big, you know, receivers throw it up, catch it, big plays. So he can extend plays. You got to wide step. But I think they're going to come after him, but you can't just come after him consistently and out of the same looks because he'll be able to pick up the blitz. He'll hit the hot read. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did play a little bit against Oklahoma, didn't need to play a lot, 
he, I can tell you, is fully healthy, doing everything in practice. Terrence Marshall, the receiver, is still a little campy. We'll learn a little bit more. We'll get an update on LandryFootball.com later as we get through a couple more practices this week. Um, but I think to answer your question, they got to come at them from different launch points with the blitz, disguise it so that they can bring some pressure. You can't give Burrow time. And I think if you do, he'll make you pay. And those receivers can make plays for him. That combination has been deadly. You got to get to him. I thought the best game plan to try to copy is the first half against Florida and what they're able to do with the aforementioned Todd Granham. I would think Brendan Venables is going to look at that, and I think he's going to – he's not going to do the same thing, but I think he's going to do some similar things and see if he can't get pressure. And then if you can't get home with pressure, then you're going to have to back up and play a lot of coverage, and you know, you're going to have to force the ball out a little quick. But the key is to get good four- and five-man pressures. Then if you can do that, then adding an extra guy still won't kill you in coverage but could bring debilitating pressure. So I think that's where the game is. Most games are going to be one at the line of scrimmage, and that's how Clemson's going to have to do it defensively to do something that, quite frankly, no team has done this year. No team has shut down the LSU offense. Florida for a half did a good job, and I thought for the most part Auburn did a pretty good job, but they, they didn't shut them out. They just came the closest to slowing them down. If they get that type of performance and do what the combination of Florida and Auburn did, they can hold LSU to 24 points. It's about, you know, Clemson can get to, you know, 25, 28 and win it. But that's what it's going to take, I think. Or they're going to have to win in a shootout. Yeah, you know, well, I was going to say, you know, say, or it's going to be a track meet. Yeah. Yeah, 48, 45, 50, 48, and – you know, we may be, you know, last team scores, you know, type situation. Yeah, that's the other way that this game could unfold. So it's a busy week, I know, Chris, on LandryFootball.com, not just preparing for the college football playoff national championship game, but staying on top of coaching news and, uh, you know, players leaving and entering the NFL draft. The big news this week was Tua announcing that he is uh, entering the NFL draft. There's also recruiting news, uh, Georgia losing Zach Evans, who is the number one running back in this class. So I know you're all over it at LandryFootball.com. Yeah, that's a real interesting story, we won't get into it. We got the details on LandryFootball.com. But basically, they signed them, but they didn't They didn't hand in the letter of intent. He's got some major off-the-field issues. So basically, they told him that they are – well, that, they, that they're not going to honor the letter. They don't want him. So we got the details on that. As you mentioned, a lot going on. We got our college notebook every day. Coaching moves, assistant coaching moves still happening. Got that covered for you. Recruiting news that you mentioned. Uh, lots of information with transfer uh, players getting them in the portal. Got that. That's, that's certainly a lot of stuff going there. And then the declaration is we're getting closer, closer to the date. Who's coming out? All those situations work in conjunction to make a very, very busy off seasons now in college football and breaking down, obviously recruiting classes and what's going on as we lead into February. So it's really nonstop football news and notes. Got podcasts. We starting out the new year. We're going to have a podcast every day, Monday through Friday on LandryFootball.com that you can catch. We're going to touch on the topics around the country in college football, but then also specialize after the first segment into a conference. So 
whether you're a fan of the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, Group of Five, we're going to have it in detail for you every day so that we can make sure that we're getting all the detailed information to you. So one-stop shopping football. Got all the NFL stuff for our NFL fans. All the news and notes there, the, the playoffs, the free agency, the draft, everything on one uh, umbrella at LandryFootball.com. And we still got the holiday special going for you. So we extended that a little bit longer to make it uh, an advantage for you. Give yourself a gift or a loved one a gift. Maybe you weren't happy with what you got in Christmas. <laughs> hey, take advantage of it. Uh, get yourself a, a discount, 50% off at LandryFootball.com. And be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. Follow me at Scott's on Air and subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room wherever you get your podcast from or check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at BLEAV.com. We will be back with you next week reacting, recapping, breaking down the College Football Playoff National Championship game, LSU and Clemson. And then we'll start to look forward to, believe it or not, the Senior Bowl is going to be here before we know it on January 25th, Chris. So uh, we'll see uh, what Justin Herbert can do with his draft stock coming up uh, in uh, the Senior Bowl, which comes up in a couple of weeks. So until then, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the National Championship game, Chris. I'll talk to you after it's over. Hey, I look forward to it, man. All right. Let's uh, we'll punch out, come back we'll in, and out. do the NFL. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.